the demonstrations are still going on, and it's really thanks to the younger crowd who had started these demonstrations since, what, 4th of February, even at the start when they were told not to go out and demonstrate because of the danger that, uh, you know, they could be shot and all. But since then, the public has joined in, and there are, as you would be able to see, thousands and thousands of people coming out. And it's not only in the big cities, in the villages, remote villages, as well as smaller cities. So it was obvious that the military, uh, you know, what they claim was fraudulent and NLD won by landslide. The people are so fed up with the military dictatorship. So even though there's been a danger and they impose uh, curfew and all, people would still come out. And they are very disciplined. Once they have left the scene each afternoon, it's all clean and in a very in a very disciplined way. So the, a lot of public servants has, has joined in this CDM movement, and that's a worry for the military. And now, at night, they are picking up these public servants for them to run the system because the system's almost broken down. They're, from uh, yesterday, no more train going to anywhere within the country and public servants have stopped going there and they are arresting. They have a long list of people to be arrested. And the thing is, they are not coming. They hadn't been coming out as military, shooting down people. They are using the police force as if it's a police. Actually, the police force is under them. Mm. So, you know, they are creating that scene not to be seen as it's a, not the military crackdown. Yeah. And my, I have some friends and, of course, you know, family members and other friends, family members, they are being picked up in the night. In the cities, it's quite okay because once somebody has come to pick up some a few people, they would make noise and a whole crowd of people would come out and demand to, for those people to be released. But it's heartbreaking to see that in small villages, to pick up one person, they would come with like 10 or 12 policemen with guns pointing at them and then pulling that person away and their family crying and all that. It's really heartbreaking. Indeed. And I guess it's quite remarkable to see such bravery and and resistance to it. Uh, If we could just go back a little bit in terms of how this all started. Uh, It was uh, after a landslide victory uh, by Aung San Suu Kyi's uh, party, the National League uh, for Democracy. And of course, the the junta and the military leaders claimed uh, this sort of uh, voter fraud and so forth. But can you, I guess, explain to our listeners exactly what took place and what initiated this this military coup to begin with? Actually, uh, you know, when they allowed multi-party to be uh, uh, to join in election in 2015, there was so much fraudulence from the military back Gazania party, where, for example. 
it's a well-known fact that a previous prime, a previous uh, a, a president, Hussein Saint, in his uh, compound, they have listed 72 people as the household members. They are, and they, these uh, people would uh, pass in lots of people from one town to another to vote. So they are so used to doing that. And this time, NLD would not do anything like that. And yet, uh, you know, with this landslide, they claimed that there was there were fraudulent situation, which was rubbish. And now looking at the population coming out, it's evidence that all these people voted for NLD. And like my my friend Nan Kintremia, who's chief minister of current state, and when she came out and openly said it with a video message out there, she said, if the military thinks that we lie about this election result. I am willing to stand on the stage myself with the military candidates openly, and people can come out and see who votes for which party. Since then, she's been taken, she's been arrested. She, when she said that, she was under house arrest. Now, much of the world has uh, has condemned the uh, the military coup in Myanmar, uh, but there, I guess it's it's difficult to know perhaps what what could be done. The ambassadors from Australia, the US, Canada, and twelve European nations called on Myanmar's security forces to refrain from violence against those protesting the overthrow of their legitimate government. What what do you think could be done, and and, and in terms of the international community, and what actions would you like to see in terms of supporting the people of of Burma in these days? The history would say say that military people never bother about what international community says unless there's some action taken. So we are very disappointed with Scott Morrison going very soft on this situation, and. We expected him to take a firm stand. And for the people, a lot of people there are asking us to plead for UN intervention, UN peacekeeping force, because the way things are going, a lot of trauma is happening to the children, to the young people, because now, especially now, in the, they've been uh, protesting joining the demonstrations whole day, which is not an easy effort because of no transport. And then the, uh, it's uh, a lot of publics are helping them out by providing food and water and all that. But for those people, these uh, millions of people to go back home and in the night, the police come in and raiding them. And since the day before yesterday, the new military chief has announced that there, there's no reason for them to provide warrant or who, is, who has come to pick people up or who has come to arrest people. They can come and do anything they like. So people cannot sleep at night and they are tired after marching the whole day. So it's going to be very difficult unless international communities do something about it. But 
they will still keep on. They are very brave people. My my hats off to them. We certainly hope that people do continue demonstrating and protesting, and that there is a return to, you know, a, a proper democratically elected government. That, of course, in, in this case, is the NLD. It's now it's ten years since uh, the military relinquished power, and there was a, 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 the initial uh, elections back in two thousand and eleven. And that itself is a trick. Mm. Military never relinquished power. Even after NLD won with a landslide, they had already set up 2008 constitutions. And according to that constitution, military would take 25% of the seats in parliament without any election. They mm. are appointed by military and they can, they can change people within that 25%. Whoever showed dissent within the officers, they would be changed, you know, they would be replaced. And also the defense, border force and home affairs are still under military rule. And for example, Dosu has no power over them. Well, that was going to be my, my question is that given this situation and, and, and you know, supposedly, uh, as you've uh, um, articulated there, you know, the military never relinquished any power. But what lessons do you think can be learnt for the democracy movements in Burma if, if they're able to overcome this latest attempted coup? Uh, moving forward from here, what lessons do you think can be learnt in terms of ensuring that this situation doesn't again repeat uh, providing that you know people are able to to stop the military this time, the people had had already learned that unless they change this to a 2008 constitution or completely abolish it and uh, write up a new constitution, the military would always be there lording over the people's lives. And if you look at this current coup, it's not for the welfare of the country, it's because a handful of military uh, brass could not let go of their wealth and, you know, they are thieves, they are robbers. So with their own self-interest, they are taking it out. If you look at the 2008 constitution, there's a clause that once the civilian government take over, that they would not go back the past, meaning they would, the, the military brass who had raped the country, who had amassed wealth, wealth for themselves, for their families, they would not be touched. So because of that, there's been a claim that the new constitution would be drawn up and that 2008 would be abolished. They are worried that if that phrase is uh, abolished, they would be in trouble. This is pure self-interest that they are taking control and they are harassing and killing people. And uh, they have released over 2,000, sorry, over 23,000 prisoners. Those are criminals. A lot of them, majority of them are criminals. When they release them, it's to show the indicate to show that they are keeping prison free for the people they are going to arrest, you know, to replace them. And yet, 
these criminals had to also promise that they would go out into the public, into the suburbs, and create problems. Mm. And some are already uh, started uh, putting fire to the houses, and they were distributed with a baton or iron bar to go and hit at demonstrators. And they were given police uniform. Can you believe that? Mm. That's what's happening. Finally, Kinmyo, there were uh, protests around Australia over the last uh, weekend. Um, I believe there was one here in Perth as well. For our listeners that wish to support um, and and provide solidarity to the people of Myanmar, what's the best thing that they can do to to help support the the community in these coming days? They can also write to their MPs to demand for some stand regarding this Burmese situation, okay? And I'm disappointed that it was a big crowd yesterday, over 3,000 people attending, and we were quite loud, and yet nothing was mentioned in West Australian. I, I don't know. I just could not believe it. So please, the people of Perth, please support the Burma issue and please write to your MPs.